This is the Pathways Podcast. This podcast exists to help you find completeness in Jesus. I want to welcome you to the Pathways Podcast. I'm Scott Ensminger, and one of the ministers here at Christ Church, and just honored to be a part of this podcast each week, and also uh, have Peter Buckland here with me. And today we're going to be talking about circle of influence, and this is going to be a conversation. I uh, just want to say, but before we even get started, it definitely is going to look different than what I really thought this was going to look like at first, as as Peter and I talked about it. Uh, but it's a very challenging uh, and convicting uh, just topic to think about. So. Mr. Peter, I'm going to hand this off to you now and just talk about what the definition of circle of influence is. Yeah, thank you, Scott. Um, Stephen Covey had written about this concept a number of years ago, and the best way to conceptualize it is think of two circles, one that's quite large and one that is smaller within the larger circle. And the large circle would contain everything that we would call the circle of concern. And this would be all of the various relationships, stresses, strains, thoughts, emotions that we would want to address that we have some level of concern about. And within that circle of concern, a smaller circle would exist called the circle of influence. And the circle of influence would be what we could actually do about all of those concerns. So I may have a concern at work. Uh, related to the way that my company is going or uh, a little bit about the way that my boss is handling situations, but I absolutely have no influence at all over that concern. And so our topic today is what do I really have an opportunity to do about what's going on in my life? So there are some components that I need to pray, and I need to let them go, and I need to ask for the Lord to help me to deal with the fact that I don't have any control, I don't have any influence over it, and I just need to wait to see what happens and then respond, and that's my circle of influence. Okay, so when we do this podcast, we talk a lot of times about, we say that that our goal is and our hope is, is that this podcast helps you find completeness in Jesus. And we're talking about circle of influence, and why is this important even mm-hmm. in our in our daily rhythm of, of our walk with Christ? Why is why is this subject even an important one that we need to talk about? Mm-hmm. When we talk about um, pathways, we're talking about all of the various spiritual experiences that we have that allows for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives to help us to be more like Christ. So it is God's design in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, to conform us to the image of Jesus. And so our life experiences are opportunities that God has to help us to respond more and more the way that Christ himself would respond, if we could use that language. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 6, uh, there's a great little statement that says that the mindset on the flesh is death, and the mindset on the spirit is life. And that God is very, very concerned about what we do with what we experience. So how I process that, how I conduct myself, uh, really makes an impact in the world around me and shows whether or not I have an authentic relationship with Christ. But more than that, it really lets me have a tremendous amount of influence. So let's just say that my boss comes in and he's really, really frustrated about something and 
um, interacts with me and I could pick up that frustration and I could either get into a fuss with him or I could hold that frustration in, go home and take that out on my family. Or I could recognize that this is a redemptive moment. A circle of influence is really about a redemptive moment. No matter how I'm treated, no matter what's going on in the world around me, this will give me an opportunity to let God direct me so that when I respond, I am responding in such a way that allows for what I like to think about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control from Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23, to let that flow out of me and into the situation. So I would just say this. Um, we're going to talk about how um, just my body posture creates influence, how when I enter a room creates influence, and what I say creates influence, how I look at somebody creates influence, that God has designed us for a holistic way to create influence. So let me just share this one story as we get started. Um, I am by nature um, a go-getter, and it's hard for me to stand in line. And I remember uh, when I was practicing um, patience, the, the fine art of the situation not being about me, that I stayed in a Walmart checkout aisle um, longer than I normally would have. I selected the aisle that I thought would go the fastest before we had self-checkout, and I actually got into a line where the person, uh, two people ahead of me, ended up going very, very, very slow. I ended up writing a check, ended up um, being somewhat confused about what was going on, and then the person in front of me um, ended up taking a little bit more time, and the aisles on either side were empty. And I could have taken my basket and gone over and just checked on out. I stood in line for 20 minutes, the fine art, practicing that it's not about me. And um, I was impatient on the inside, and I was trying really, really hard to... Um, exemplify um, just calmness. And I got up to the, the checkout lady, and the first words she said to me, she looked me straight in the face, and she said, thank you for your patience. Hmm. And I was shocked. I didn't feel particularly patient. I was struggling to be patient. But the influence, this is what's really fascinating, the influence of me standing in line looking calm not huffing, not puffing, not looking around, not saying something, not darting my eyes around, but working at being calm was interpreted as a fruit of the Spirit. And when I came up to that lady, it so impressed her, even though I didn't know what was going on, that she made a comment about it. That's what I want us to talk about. That when we enter a room, when we're around a situation, when we're under pressure, there is something inside of us that we are grappling to let God bring to fruition um, in such a way that people look at us and they say, I'm really glad you're here. I'm glad it was you standing in line and not an impatient man that's huffing and snorting and then just makes some kind of rude comment because nobody needs that. But how many times do we end up squandering spiritual influence because we're inconvenienced or because we were just ourselves struggling. So it's kind of like whenever our kids were younger, you'd say things to them like, okay, you can either react or you can respond yes. to something. Mm -hmm. Kind of the same thing same here, thing. especially with self-control, the fruit of the Spirit, and looking at that. Mm -hmm. um, it's a game changer when you begin 
to recognize that how I handle myself shows Christ. Yes. In all of those situations, mm-hmm. and that's a different. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about that in restoring relationships and just all these different things, even on the podcast. But it's it's another one of those things. that's like when you realize that the influence you has can change the temperature in the room, can yes. change the way that yes. people react, whether they feel safe. Yep. Um, but it's about again just trying to be intentional mm-hmm. with your faith and have it in every area of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what what I just want to say here that I think is really important is. Um, we could have somebody who's listening who says, yeah, but I can't do that. I've tried to do that. And all I want to say is you're absolutely correct. I think God brings us to the end of ourselves to show us that we cannot be transformed on our own, that he asks us to do something that we cannot do on our own. It's one of the reasons that I'm still a Christian. I need to serve a God who is bigger and stronger and more powerful than I am who's not afraid of me and who knows how I'm made and can grow me to a point of maturity to where I like myself in that situation instead of just get trapped in the same problem over and over again. And so I have practiced, and what I want to suggest is that this is when the fine art of prayerful dependence comes in, where I know that I can't do it on my own. And so I need for God in that moment to do a work in my inner person to do for me what I cannot do, whether that is to keep my mouth quiet because my tone is off, whether that means that when I come home from work that I engage with my family in a way that's positive rather than walk in and um, not want to talk to anybody, whether that's standing in a Walmart checkout aisle when I'm getting impatient and I'm trying not to let that annoy me, whether I'm driving down the road and I... I stay behind a car instead of dodging around the lanes, and I get there at roughly the same amount of time. No matter what it is, I need for God to work in my life because it's way too easy to forsake the circle of influence and make it the circle about me and what I want. And then I end up um, reacting and acting in the same old ways that are frustrating. So my encouragement is that God is fully capable of entering into each person's life and helping that person um, exhibit more of the fruit of the Spirit for their own children, for the people that they're with. But you have to ask Him to help you in that moment because God just won't magically do it. He wants a relationship, a back-and-forth relationship. So when I've run out of energy, it's like, Lord, you still want me to be like Jesus, but I don't really have the energy because I'm so tired, or I'm irritable, or I don't know what's going on, or I have an old habit that's wanting to take over, and, and I need to have this fruit of the Spirit that comes in my life, and I'm, I'm out of gas, and you got to help me, and He does. And that experience right there, that rubber meets the road experience in this circle of influence, will revolutionize our lives. So as a Christian, trying to live every day for Christ, uh, you know, I I don't know if I'm looking back at uh, Scott when he was 16, 17, 18, like I wouldn't walk into a room and project anger or rage or anything like that. But I'd walk into a room, and I wanted everyone in there to focus on me. Mm-hmm. The same thing, mm-hmm. just a, yep. just a different. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. In circle, I mean, just go back to your circle of influence. In your circle of influence, you walked in the room, and you wanted your influence in that moment to turn everybody to pay attention to you. Okay. 
same kind of thing. And what you want to do is enter into a room and find out, and I will just say this, let's just do the hyphen. What would the, the um, Scott Jesus do? What would that dynamic duet do of Jesus living in you through the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of the word? When you entered into a room, how could you enter into that room and, and honor the Lord and be able to be mature? rather than make it all about you in that moment. Now, sometimes, and all granted, you you walk into a room, you're wearing a costume, it becomes all about you for 15 seconds, and then right. it moves on to the next person, right? right? But if in that encounter, it has to be about me, to me, that's like a dashboard warning light that says, hey, Peter, you're not taking care of yourself the way that you need to because your very first value, your very first influencer needs to be God himself. And if you need to be somebody for these people as a 16-year-old, as a 30-year-old, as a 55-year-old, and have it be all about you, then you need to get that initial value statement from your relationship with Christ. And let Him give you value so that when you enter into a room, you don't have to turn that whole experience about you and have your expectations hurt, to um, interact with people in ways that you would regret later, uh, to be frustrated because something didn't happen the way that you wanted it to be. So... uh someone's listening to this they're a little bit convicted on what they're hearing and they're going yeah i kind of do the thing where if i've had a bad day i walk in and i don't talk to anybody and i walk through the room Mm -hmm. and just make it kind of awkward for everyone or i come in and i'm angry and it's obvious um what how do we get out of the habit of doing that what should we yeah i have found uh, if we could just start another little parallel track of our conversation that we didn't plan on. Let's talk about emotional well-being and emotional health just for a moment. Um, we get sideways emotionally um, pretty easily sometimes because we care. I mean, that's, that's anger, depression, anxiety, because I care. I care about me. I care about other people. I care about my finances. I care about the country. My emotions can go sideways. And if they go sideways in a really negative way, then that can really influence me. So let's just say that something happens to me, I become frustrated with that. And I'm the kind of person that's probably going to be more noticeably angry than somebody who's real passive. So I start giving off impatience, or I enter into a room too loudly, or I close a door too briskly, or somebody comes in and wants to talk to me and I'm too short with them. Okay, Those are the, the signs that my style is off, basically. My way of relating, my circle of influence is under duress, and I'm not going to have as much influence as I would like to have because I'm emotionally compromised in that moment. And that can happen to us just going through the day. So what I have found that's really helpful is I have to admit that 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 can happen and is happening to me right now. Um, as a guy, it's okay that that happens to me because it shows I care. And I, I cannot overemphasize that. This um, idea that men have to not show emotion um, makes us look like we're neglectful or apathetic or uncaring or unsympathetic. And finding a good way to express emotion, even even frustration, because it means I care, I need to do that in a really good way. And I need divine help to do that. So if I don't have a friend that I can talk to um, immediately in, in the physical realm, then that's when I need to say, Lord, this is happening to me. I'm really, really frustrated about this. I got to go in that room. I'm really frustrated. I'm, I'm sad about this, and I need to see these people. And you need to hold me together. 
you need to help me to figure out how I can get through this next meeting, this next period of time um, in a way that honors you. The very first time, Scott, that I figured this out, um, it's one of my favorite stories is when I'd come home from work and I would have to go from work mindset to family mindset. And that's really hard for most guys. And I, I remember, we, I think we even talked about it. I would sit out in the driveway when I was just like frustrated and I thought, Lord, I have to go in there and I don't do this very well. And I'm, I need some time to de- defrag and it's noisy and the kids want to talk to me and my wife wants to talk to me. And I just don't make that transition very well. In fact, the research says it's very hard for a man to go from a work mindset to a family mindset. That transition is really difficult for a lot of guys. Um, and I just said, Lord, I can't do that. I need some help, and I need you to help me, and I don't know how you're going to do it because I'm going to go in the house. I went in the house. It was perfect that day. The next day, I forgot. I went in the house. Conflict. Mm. And then I remembered, oh, yesterday I prayed. I don't know what happened. It just sort of worked. And so I prayed again, and it worked really well. I'm a slow learner, so I prayed again. It worked really well. I'm a slow learner. I didn't pray. It didn't work very well. And through trial and error, this is the really cool thing, through trial and error, I began to see that in the partnership that God wants me to have with him, he's the main partner. He has said, I'll make you competent. I'll make you competent for what you need to do, and I will help put your emotions back in place. So my, my hope is that when people are listening to this and they're thinking, well, what do I do? We, we ask for the Lord to come in to help me over the next hour. And that's what I would pray for. Lord, I've got another meeting. Then I gotta, I'm going to have to take a breath. And as I pray through the day or as I pray through those situations, there is something that happens to me that I can't really describe. But I'm more calm. I'm more focused. I'm more in the moment. I'm more emotionally put together than when I was before I asked for that help. God made each one of us. He knows how we're made. He knows what, what he needs to do. And in that moment, I'm in trouble, basically. I don't want my circle of influence to go down the tanker because I'm, I'm irritable and I'm grumpy. I don't want my kids to think that I don't love them. I don't want my wife to think that I'm mad at her. When I walk in and I'm still carrying some of the angst of the day. And, um, you know, for, for guys that are for men and women who are working at home, and you've got a little home office, and you've got to go from that office to your family, and then you've got to go back to the office. You've got to get, get your head in the family. You know, that's super hard, Scott. And I would say when your hand goes for that door, it's, Lord, I, I need to be in the mind mindset for my family right now, and I have to flip it back to work at home. This is really hard for me, and I need your help to do that. And that way, your circle of influence is the correct circle of influence. You know, you're, you're being a parent when you need to be a parent. You're being uh, a good colleague at work uh, or working um, when, when you're actually at work. And I have found that that just really helps me a lot to know that God is calling me to be like Jesus. He knows I can't do it. I know I can't do it. Life is too complicated. My brain doesn't even work that way. But He is able to help me to do the best job that I can do. It's only when I forget to ask Him that I get in trouble. One of the things that you talked about as we were discussing this before we ever started recording, you said that uh, people believe your style, which mm-hmm. is nonverbal, uh, before they believe your words. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I'll just use a marriage illustration for this. Um, 
for everyone who is married, or even in a really close friendship, you can see this. The person that you're in this real close relationship with, you get a sense for the way they carry their body, the way they look, uh, the tone that they have, um, the way that they interact with you. And we just are naturally scanning for that because when everything is within the normal range, it means everything is, is good and, and fine. But when it gets off, somebody is more withdrawn or somebody seems more fidgety or somebody won't look at another person or um, somebody just sounds more assertive than what the situation calls for, if you ask that person, hey, what's wrong? And they say nothing, are you going to believe them? Hmm. Absolutely not. I mean, how many times have we said to somebody, hey, you know, it seems like you're kind of having a rough day. No, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. Well, we all know that they're off. There's something they're giving off and they don't want to talk about it right then. And when that happens to me, when I'm talking to somebody, that means that I'm going to start praying for them immediately. Lord, obviously, if, if that's you and me, obviously Scott's dealing with something. Uh, my personal vernacular is, Lord, Scott's in trouble. You know, he's, something's happening inside of him and he's grappling with something. Would you just please really bless him? Rather than us get in a fuss and me say, no, Scott, I know that there's something going on. Now, if, if something's been going on for a while and you need to talk about it, that's one thing. But I'm going to believe your body before I believe your words when your body and your words don't match up. This is super important for us in every significant relationship we have. If I tell my children I love them, but I spend no time with them, they're going to think that I really don't love them hmm. because they spell love, T-I-M-E. And so I can use all the words that I want to, but if it's not backed up with action, then they're going to believe my actions rather than my words. So this is another um, statement that I've made before. Words are cheap. Anyone can say anything they want to, but when you back it up with action, you back it up with sacrifice, that really demonstrates that you mean what you say. I think that's why Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Tell people if you do it and do it. Tell people if you're not going to do it, then don't do it. Let your actions and your words, in, in the language we're using today, in your circle of influence, ring authentically, ring true. And when that happens, people will trust you, people will feel comfortable around you, people will want to interact with you um, from the standpoint that they know that you're an honest person and you have integrity, basically. Integrity simply means you're a whole person put together in a healthy way. And as a result, your relationships are going to be better. Um, people are going to you know, want to interact with you. So let's just say, I mean, I don't know how many years, Scott, you and I have known each other, but let's just say... I walk into your office and your head is bowed down. And normally when I walk into your office, you can lift up your head. I mean, you have a style, I could tell you what it is. And let's just say that you keep your head bowed down and you're all slumped over. And you just say, hi. Obviously, there's something going on. And I can close the door and I can sit down and I have some choices. Because I've known you for a really long time. I can say, Scott, man, it looks like you're really burdened. You didn't have to say anything. You could just say, yeah, you know, I got some bad news today. You can tell me what it is or not. But the fact of the matter is that you're going to say, my words and my actions line up. Hmm. Okay. That's what you're saying. If okay. you said, no, I'm just, I'm just tired. No, no, Scott. No, no. I've walked into your room 
hundreds of times when you're tired. This is not tired. This is something else. So you can not tell me what it is, but you can certainly say, yeah, you know, I got some news today and I'm just still really processing it. Would you like to tell me what it is? Well, I'm just not really sure what to say yet. Okay, well, let me pray for you. I don't even need to know what it is. What you need to know is you've been honest with me and you've told me something's going on. You've told me you're not ready to talk about it, but I can show care for you. Again, honest care, praying for you and just saying, hey, you know, I'm here for you. I'll check on you later, see how you're doing. Um, don't, you don't have to deal with this all by yourself. But this goes back to also just being aware of the other people. Yes. And recognizing where they are yeah. and reading their body language and their mm -hmm. style. Yeah, and our circle of influence with empathy and authenticity is what gives value in our relationships. And that's kind of what we miss. It's not about tasks. It's not about getting something done. It's not about a quick little quip. It's really about having everything integrated together. Okay, so uh, as we wrap up talking about circle of influence, anything you want to leave us with before yeah. we... Yeah, I, uh, two things. Okay. Let's just make it kind of simple. The first one is to ask God to help us to be aware of um, how we are doing with our own circle of influence. How am I doing with my nonverbals? How am I doing with my verbals? And are those flowing together in such a way that when I say something, um, people know that I really am being authentic and true? So how, how are those going? And me. are people glad when you walk in the room? Yeah, uh, yeah. or they're like, oh, no, Peter's yeah. here. It's like, or, oh, yeah, great, it's Peter's here. Yeah. And the second one is, um, who's in your corner to help you? Okay. Because sometimes it is hard to figure out. I mean, how do I approach a situation with my, with my child who's angry with me, and I have a tendency to be overly impatient with that child? And who's in your corner that's helping you? Because I got coaching on how I could let my kids know when I was really frustrated about something, I really do love and care about them, and, and we have to deal with this. But I need to do that with a certain kind of tone, a certain kind of style, so to speak. Um, and if people are struggling in their marriages, you know, who's in your corner to help you to stay there with a soft heart toward your spouse when you feel like your conversation gets off in some way and that something isn't quite right and you can't get it quite on? Uh, I think everybody needs somebody in their corner. Of course, God is is with us, but he also designed us to physically have somebody. So you're looking at awareness, and how am I doing? And then secondly, who's in my corner? Okay. And that's what I would leave us with for today. Well, thank you so much. Uh, and again, we just want to thank all those that are listening to the podcast. And we just encourage you to let your friends know about the Pathways podcast. They can find it wherever they uh, find their podcast now, uh, whether that be through Android or Google Play or through iTunes, Spotify, any of those things. All they do is just type in Christ Church Vornogo, and they'll see uh, the Pathways podcast, our sermons podcast, and our classes in Bible study podcasts, and just ask them to just uh, subscribe to that. But thank you so much for listening today. And again, our prayer is, is that uh, through these conversations, it just helps you find completeness in Jesus. Thanks again for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. We hope that this teaching is helping you discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. If you're interested in learning more about Christ Church, visit us online at cco.church.